we can use this inner vibration, this inner sound, as a concentration object to absorb the attention into it and to consciously exclude other sensory input. Lay aside the sensations of the body, other sounds around us here in the temple, or different rooms, or different cities. It can very easily be used as a, an object for absorption. Or it can be used as a, a support for more open awareness, as a background to be a, um, a presence that simply helps to sharpen the attention, to be supporting that sense of the environment of awareness wherein different feelings, thoughts, emotions, sounds, sensations arise, take shape, and pass away. Like a backdrop or a wallpaper against which the projections of thought and feeling, memory, sensation, sight and sound are projected. If we develop this quality of inner listening, then uh, whether we're sitting still and we can hear it in the background even as I'm talking, when we get up, walk around, do the walking meditation, the sound is still here. We see the sky, the trees, the buildings, we uh, feel the, the air on our skin, the moisture on the grass, on our toes. The sound is there in the background. This continuous nada. This continuous, steady, ever-present, ringing tone. It's like a silvery stream of sound as a constant companion. In this way, it helps to sustain a quality of uh, non-entanglement. We hear the sound of a bird, but the presence of the, the nada, the, the inner sound, reminds us, oh, it's just the sound of a bird, it's just another sound. The feeling of the, the weight of the body, a compelling thought or a a fantasy, a worry. Using this inner sound as a, a continuous presence, it helps to keep the flow of perception and thought, feeling, in perspective. It helps the mind to see with the eye of Dhamma. And when we think of the three characteristics, the st standard or classical ways of developing insight, 
These are spoken of as anicca, dukkha, anatta. Transiency, change, uncertainty is anicca. Things, the world of things, are in a constant state of change. And what they will change into is unknown, uncertain. Dukkha, no single experience can permanently satisfy. Even if it's extremely pleasant, beautiful, gratifying, that gratification, that pleasure, can't sustain itself. Because everything is changing. Anatta, not self, but no owner, no doer, no I can be found who is the permanent, substantial, independent agent of experience. Now we reflect upon these three qualities, anicca, dukkha, anatta, to again develop that direct sense of knowing the insubstantiality, the emptiness, the dependent nature of all experience. It helps to sustain that perspective of wisdom, no matter how strong or compelling, exciting, interesting, frightening, embarrassing, painful or pleasant. These can only be patterns of perception, functioning according to the patterns of nature, arising, taking shape, dissolving. Whether it's eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose, tongue, body, mind consciousness, these can only be patterns of perception, arising, taking shape, dissolving. Sankharas, conditioned, dependent formations. They can't be anything else. That's the world, loka, built of these patterns of consciousness, these mental events, born of the activity of this, this body and this mind, these sense organs. So sustaining these, these reflections, these qualities of, of all existence, the three characteristics helps to maintain that attitude of open awareness, non-entanglement. So the heart receives and knows the patterns of the world, but is not limited by the world. It's known here by this quality of awareness. So these three are not the only characteristics of all existent things. In the teachings, the Buddha also points out that all experience is dhamma-titata. Titati is the word meaning to stand, to be established. So all things are established in Dhamma. Their very fabric is Dhamma. It also means the stableness of the Dhamma, that ever-present quality. 
This is a helpful reflection. And the quality of inner listening can help to support that, that recollection. Seeing things in this way. Appreciating the ever-present stable quality of Dhamma. Dhamma titata. That stableness of the Dhamma. And when we speak of stableness, it doesn't mean a, a thing that begins and sticks around for a long time. But rather, Dhamma is timeless. It's akaliko. It's not bound by time. So that stability is not just a thing which happens to last a long time, like a, a mountain or a planet, but rather it's a stability that is transcendent, not bound by time. When we develop the inner listening, that quality of the inner sound can also help to evoke that sense, that intuition of stability. The ever-present quality of the nada sound. You never hear it beginning or ending. It's a sense perception. It's a conditioned quality of experience, like a like other sounds, but the way that it works, its very nature helps to, say, evoke that intuition of stability, steadiness, the ever-present quality of Dhamma, the timeless quality of Dhamma, always here. As we develop the inner listening, you turn your attention inward, here's the sound. Even as I'm speaking, I'm hearing it in the background as I speak. When the attention is turned to it, here it is. So that evokes very accurately, very perfectly, beautifully, the quality of Dhamma itself. When we turn the attention to it, then we recognize, oh, the Dhamma is here and now. Timeless, akaliko. How could it be anywhere else? How could it not be present? But we forget. The mind gets distracted, caught up in like and dislike, responsibility, sleepiness, desire and fear, aversion. So, that distraction makes the mind forget. We forget the presence of the Dhamma. We forget... This is the very fabric of mind and body, the very fabric of nature, because the attention is caught in pleasure and pain, memory, imagination, opinion, judging, liking, disliking. So the mind forgets because of that distraction. So developing the inner listening then, can help to counteract that distraction. It can support that steady, constant recognition of the presence of Dhamma. Sanditiko, apparent here and now. Akaliko, timeless. Stable. Dhamma titata.
established in Dhamma, of the fabric of Dhamma. The stableness, the stability of Dhamma. It can't go anywhere else. Can't be lost. It's the very fabric of this body and mind. Another of the qualities, characteristics of, of existence is tamaniyamata. In the same teaching, the Buddha points this out. Dhammaniyamata means following the laws of Dhamma, functioning according to the laws of nature, or the orderliness of Dhamma, the orderliness, orderliness of reality. There's a patterned quality to the way things work, to the functioning of nature. There's an order to the flow of experience. Now one thing conditions another. Dhammaniyamata. All experience, all perceptions, they function according to the laws of nature. There's an integrity, a lawfulness, an orderliness, a patterning. So these are also ways that we can reflect upon the flow of experience. What we like, what we dislike, whether it's coming from inside, in our emotions, our ideas, our memories, or from what we call outside, the people around us, the weather, the day and night, the monastery, the world around us. There can be these reflections, these are dhamma titata, of the fabric of dhamma, dhamma functioning according to the laws of dhamma. The aspects of nature, they function according to the laws of nature. And when this reflection is developed, this goes against seeing things in terms of personality, self-centered perceptions, ego-centered habits. Helps the mind to see things in a, a nature-centered way rather than a self-centered way. Rather than I remember, I like, I dislike, I am doing, I am not doing. Helps the mind to see things in terms of nature functioning according to its laws. There's thinking. There's remembering, imagining. Here's a sad feeling, an excited feeling. Here's a painful feeling. Here's a, an enjoyable, delightful feeling. And when the, the view shifts from a self-centered perspective to a nature-centered perspective, notice what happens in the heart. How different the world is. When there's self-centered habits, sakaya ditti, are let go of. Things are seen from a dhamma-centered perspective, nature-centered perspective. How different, what a radical change that is. 
And we don't take this life personally, but see it in terms of nature. How much more spacious, how much less of a burden or a, a chore life is. As an easefulness, a spaciousness, a naturalness. Notice this, explore this, see if it's true. I say these words, but it's up to each one of us to, to investigate, to find out, is this the case? But in those moments where the self-view is let go of and things are seen in terms of Dhamma, seen in terms of nature, notice that. Allow, allow that to really sink in. Let the heart really appreciate that. Let the jitta be informed directly by that experience. How different the world is when it's not seen through the habits of self-view. Let that in, let that be fully and completely acknowledged and let that acknowledgement have its effect. The more completely that's allowed in, and fully known, fully appreciated, see how that changes the world. Let that be what guides you.